So it's Revelation chapter 5, verses 6 to 14. And there, between the throne, with the four living creatures, and among the elders, I saw a lamb, Christ, standing, bearing scars and wounds, as though it had been slain, with seven horns, complete power, and with seven eyes, complete knowledge, which are the seven spirits of God who have been sent on duty into all the earth. And he came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, Christ, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of fragrant incense, which are the prayers of the saints, God's people. And they sang a new song of glorious redemption, saying, Worthy and deserving are you to take the scroll and to break its seals. For you were slain, sacrificed, and with your blood you purchased the people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom of royal subjects and of priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the voice of the living creatures and the elders, and they numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, innumerable, saying in a loud voice, Worthy and deserving is the Lamb that was sacrificed to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. And I heard every created thing that is in the heaven or on the earth and under the earth, in Hades, the realm of the dead, or on the sea, and everything that is in them saying together, To him who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb, Christ, be blessing and honour and glory and dominion for ever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped him who lives for ever and ever. Easter is over for another year. The little fluffy chicks and the bunnies and the copious amounts of chocolate eaten over for another year. There was a picture on Facebook um, of a chocolate Easter egg and the caption above it said, um, help prevent childhood obesity. And underneath it said, eat your children's eggs. We've probably all done that at one point. Well, it's a lovely time of year, isn't it? The cherry blossom against a blue sky. Isn't it beautiful? I just absolutely love it every year when it comes out. And the newborn lambs in the field. It's just wonderful, isn't it, to see all these new new life. The daffodils everywhere. But Easter isn't really about that, is it? Easter is about the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Easter is about the lamb that was slain. Not a little newborn lamb prancing around in the field, but a full-grown ram, spotless without blemish. And that we celebrate not once a year, not even every day, but every moment, every breath we take. And it's about the lamb that was slain. Why was the lamb slain? For the blood. For the precious blood. Blood runs through the Bible. From Revelation right back to Genesis, it flows. 400 references to blood and 1,300 references to atonement. Right from the beginning in Genesis, we read about the first sacrifice. Adam took the fruit and he ate. He ate the wrong thing. And evil came in. And there was a sacrifice because they couldn't cover themselves with the leaves. So an animal was slain and they were clothed with a skin. And the firstborn son was a murderer. And Abel's blood cried out from the ground to God. God takes blood very seriously. In Leviticus, we read the reason why blood is taken so seriously and why blood is so very precious. The life is in the blood and I have given it for you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by reason of the life which it represents. Right through to Revelation, we see Jesus riding a white horse, his eyes ablaze like fire. On his head are many crowns. He is dressed in a robe that was dyed by dipping in blood. Blood flows through the Bible. Blood flows through the church. Remember the old hymns? Didn't beat around the bush in those days. They got right to the point. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other font I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And there was one hymn which we sang a lot in those days. I'd always wanted to play the piano. And I finally got a piano. And the lady from church, who was the pianist, came round to my house to try and teach me. I was all right with one hand reading the music, but I couldn't, I couldn't get grasp how you, how you 
did both hands with two different lots of music. There's only one hymn I could play. And it was, it was, my saviour suffered on the tree. Glory to the bleeding lamb. The lamb, the lamb, the bleeding lamb. And it went on verse after verse. The lamb, the lamb, the bleeding lamb. And I didn't really like it. It sounded too much like the swear word. So I used to sing it quietly and try and play it over and over again. It reminds me of a story, actually, uh, of Jan, uh, Edmund and Edna's daughter, and when Lewis was little. You know when your children get to that age where they learn to speak, but they don't know how to speak quietly, and they say everything that comes into their head, and you can have an embarrassing moment in public, can't you? You've probably all been there. I was in the supermarket with Noah a couple of years ago, and he was about three, and um, just turned around this aisle, and I saw this man with one leg, and I thought, I'm just going to move him. So I steered him round, because I knew what had happened. It was too late, he'd seen him. Grandma! There's a man there with one leg. Why, why, Grandma? Why has he got one leg, Grandma? Grandma, look at that man! Very embarrassing. Well, Jan was in the butchers once with Lewis when he was very young. And it was a very uh, popular butchers in Crochet Booth. And it was only small, but it was crammed full of people in the queue. Queuing in silence. And Lewis, suddenly, out of the silence, shouted in a very loud voice, pointed to a carcass in the window, and said, Look, mummy, the bleeding lamb! Well, just... (laughs) It wasn't funny then, but she, she loves to tell that story. Here's a better, a better hymn. He breaks the power of cancelled sin. I love that. Cancelled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. Blood is precious. And blood is eternal. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. It was not corruptible, perishable things, such as silver and gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish. The blood of Christ does not perish It's available now. It wasn't something that happened 2,000 years ago. Just as available now. Right, so let's go into the Old Testament. I'll have a quick look in Leviticus. We'll only take about two minutes. The Old Testament, the Old Agreement, the Old Covenant in the blood. That's what it means. And it's all a foreshadow. There's a clear message in Leviticus. God takes sin very seriously. Because sin separates us from God. The law was given. If you obey God, you will be blessed. If you don't, you won't. The tabernacle was erected 
to a God-given pattern. All a foreshadow, the cleansing rituals, the food laws, all a foreshadow. The blood sacrifices were set into place. There was guilt sacrifices, unintentional sin sacrifices. All the sacrifices, dependent on who it was that had done the sin, committed the sin, status of that person, what the sin was. This is the gist. The anointed high priest only took the blood. And he had to be without blemish without defect. The sinner laid his hand on the head of an animal, a ram, a bull, a goat, without blemish, without defect. The animal was killed. The priest would take the blood, put it on the horns of the altar, and in some cases the blood was sprinkled on the veil, of the veil which separated everybody from the holy place where the ark was, with the mercy seat, the lid on the top of the ark, which contained the law. And this, the, the blood was sprinkled by the high priest seven times on the veil. And all the rest of the blood was poured out on the base of the altar. The fat was burnt on the altar. The rest of the carcass was burnt outside the camp. One day in a year, the high priest would go into the holiest place. And he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat seven times. That's where God appeared in the cloud. Sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat which covered the law. All a foreshadow. So that's the Old Testament. Now we have a perfect high priest. New Testament, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24. For Christ has not entered into a sanctuary made with human hands, which was only a copy, a type of the true one. But he has entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the very presence of God on our behalf. His own blood sprinkled on the throne of grace. God doesn't see your sin. He sees his son's blood on the mercy seat. This is the New Testament, the new covenant, the new agreement. In Matthew, Mark and Luke we read, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the New Testament or covenant in my blood which is shed, poured out for you. And in John, we read that Jesus talks about his blood. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood. It's eaten again, isn't it? Remember Adam ate the wrong thing. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually in me. And I in him. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. As in Adam all die. Even so, in Christ, we are made alive. 
Jesus shed his blood, he shed his blood in seven ways. He swept blood in Gethsemane. That's a thing. Very rare. I don't know the, how to pronounce it, but it's spelt hematidresis. No, no. Your sweat glands rupture. It occurs under extreme emotional stress, anguish. His face was beaten. I had a friend once who was beaten up by thugs and I couldn't recognise him. I couldn't recognise him for about two months. His beard was ripped out, according to Isaiah 50 verse 6. He was scourged, Matthew 27 verse 26. He gave his back to the smiters. Nails, Luke 23:33, were hammered into his flesh. And the seven, the seventh, the spear was thrust into his side and out came blood and water. And Jesus was dead. The perfect sacrifice. Nobody killed Jesus. He gave himself. Blood tells a story. You know when you get your bloods done? Tell all sorts about you, can't they? Really... What, what's wrong with you? What's right with you? Abel's blood told a story. The blood of Jesus speaks of mercy. We've been studying mercy, haven't we? Mercy is the better way. From a book, a very interesting book called The Chemistry of the Blood by Dr. Amar Tahan. Some facts about the blood. The human body is made up of many parts, all fixed in place. Nothing goes for a wonder, does it? Nothing goes for a wonder. It's all fixed. But the blood is fluid. They've all got about five pints each, apparently. And it's free to move throughout the body. And it unites all the members to the head. The blood alone is the liquid tissue that can reach every single cell. It brings nourishment. Food is carried in the blood. Remember, Adam ate. And, and the blood carries off the waste. For the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son cleanses us from all sin. Blood cleanses. Blood brings life. If the blood fails to reach the cells, the members, they die. Have you ever had a dead arm? Woke up and you've been asleep like that. Think, what's that? It's your arm. When the blood ceases to circulate, you die. The life is in the blood. Blood brings healing. Example, if you prick your finger, an infection. Millions of white blood cells, like little soldiers, rush to fight the enemy. 
and the bacteria is the enemy, and they have a fight, and they both die, and that's what the pus is that comes out. The blood cleans up the battlefield and builds new tissue until all is healed. Blood fights the enemy. Revelations 12, verse 10 and 11. And they have overcome, conquered him, the accuser, by means of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We are all members of the body of Christ, the church. Jesus is the head. We are all dependent on his blood for life, nourishment, cleansing, growth, healing of body and soul and mind and spirit. By his wounds we are healed. Protection, provision, forgiveness, peace, power to overcome and the ability to enter into his presence. Hebrews 10 verse 19. We have full freedom and confidence to enter into the holy of holies by the power and the virtue of the blood of Jesus. A fresh and new living way. He has once for all abolished sin by his sacrifice. His blood was vital. His blood was the only way. His precious blood cleanses and keeps you. Look at the Passover lamb. The lamb's blood had to be put on the doorposts of every home. And all they had to do was apply it. And three to four million of them left Egypt and there wasn't one sick among them. His blood fights for you. You know, your body builds immunity in the blood. I remember once, years ago, I had a really bad cold. It was a really bad cold for about two weeks. In fact, I think it was man flu. But after that, I didn't have another for years and years and years because my body had built up immunity. You don't have to make the same mistakes over and over again. How do you plea? This is the question for you now. How do you plea? Guilty or not guilty? This is an extract from The Hidden Power of the Blood by Mahesh Chavda. Imagine the scene. You are standing before the bench in the courtroom of the Lord God Almighty, the great judge over all the earth. On one side of you stands your adversary, the devil, flinging accusation after accusation about all your sins, mistakes and failures. On the other side, as close to you as a brother, stands your advocate and counsellor, the Lord Jesus Christ, the best defence attorney you could ever have. The more the devil accuses you, the worse you feel. He talks about the times you lied, cheated or stole. 
times you used harsh and hateful words. He brings up all the times you let God down. He calls you worthless, no good, and unworthy of anything other than the harshest sentence. As the charges mount, you feel a desperate desire to speak up in your own defence. But your advocate gently squeezes your arm as if to say, be patient, hold your peace. Finally, the judge turns his eyes on you and he asks, how do you plea? Your advocate replies for you, saying, my client pleads the blood of Jesus. The judge wraps his gravel on the bench and declares, so be it, not guilty. It's that simple. The blood of Jesus, and only the blood of Jesus, can silence the enemy's accusations. No matter how serious your offences, the blood of Jesus can wipe your slate clean. There's no self-defence. You can't play that card. I've been a good person. I've never done anybody any harm. Paid me taxes. Tithed, given to charity. I don't smoke, don't get drunk, don't kick the dog. There's no self-defence. That's like trying to make your clothes out of fig leaves. Doesn't work, does it? The message of the cross, in 1 Corinthians verse 23, we read this. To the Jews, it was a scandal, an offensive stumbling block. And to the Gentiles, it was absurd, utterly unphilosophical nonsense. Sheer absurdity and folly to those who are perishing. Can't make sense of it. But to us that are being saved, it is the power of God. Power. Let's go back to the old hymns. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to his cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. And for my last hymn I've chosen... There is a fountain filled with blood. This is Charles Wesley hymn. Drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Can we pray? This prayer is from taken straight out of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20 and 21 now may the God of peace who brought again from among the dead 
our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed an everlasting agreement, strengthen, complete, perfect and make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, Messiah, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. By his blood, once and for all, it is finished. Behold the risen King. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God whose blood avails for you and your house and your family. Behold the blood of Jesus, powerful enough to destroy Satan's kingdom, break every bondage and remove every curse. Behold the precious blood of Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb that gives us the victory.